Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hi, and welcome to DBP. We have a special episode for you today. Yeah, we're here at Stringer Cellars with Casey Stringer, um, and we are going to talk about his wine here in a moment, but first, why don't you say hi, Casey? Hi, I'm Casey Stringer. Uh, thanks, uh, Drunk Bitches Podcast, for uh, <laughs> having me on the uh, show today. We're really excited. We're glad we got pieced together with you through uh, Local MKE. Yeah, so props to them, and thanks for supporting Local, Local MKE, because we're all somewhat local here. So yes, we are. Yeah. So, um, Casey, what is, we have all these wines in front of us. Do you have a favorite of any of these? I do have a favorite of okay. these. I really like the uh, Chardonnay. This okay. is a new release. Can uh, I try some of that? Yes. All right. So here we go. So we usually pop open a bottle, but we've got like yep. four bottles popped open. So we're just going to pour. All right. So this Thanks. is a, a very new release for me. Uh, yeah. 2016. Cheers. Cheers. Chardonnay Cheers. from... Uh, oh, this, you have to pour oh, yourself yeah. some. Yeah. From the uh, Santa Rita Hills in okay. Santa Barbara County. Cheers. I, um, I lived and worked in Santa Barbara for a long time. So I am admittedly partial to Santa Barbara wines. Yeah. But beyond that, I do think that Santa Rita Hills Chardonnay is my favorite Chardonnay grown in the, the country. Okay. So when I was looking for a vineyard to uh, source Chardonnay from, I really was only looking in the uh, Santa Rita Hills. Did you go, or do you source from the from where you used to work there? Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay. But that was that sort of got me my foot in the door. Okay. Um, they, I worked at a winery called Honada. Okay. In uh, Santa Barbara County, sort of in Buellton, actually, sort of north of Santa Barbara, and you know they're a very prestigious winery. And when I sort of was out on my own, I got to drop their name and uh, <laughs> use and their. Uh, vineyard manager was the one who hooked me up with uh, this vineyard and that sort of snowballed from there. That's awesome. So actually I feel like that's a good sort of segue. So you're a Wisconsin guy but you source from California. So can you take us through a little bit about how you actually got into this coming from a beer focused (laughs) state? So when I was looking at colleges, I mean I knew I wanted to get out of Wisconsin and Milwaukee for... You don't like the winter? What? (laughs) (laughs) I was dead set on... I was getting out of town when I was 18 going to college. So I was looking at schools um, on both coasts, but uh, primarily in California. Um, And let's see, I was looking at the University of San Francisco and Humboldt State in far north uh, California. And so we had a day off in between college visits and we stopped in uh, Napa Valley and I was you know, 15 I think at the time Yeah. and I was just blown away that people lived in this place and ate this food and worked in these buildings and drank this wine and just was like this is for me you're, you're like remember? this is like heaven right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I do it I remember I was just being like alright I mean I you know my family was you know, with me, so I did have, you know, I was pretending I did have some sips of wine, and uh, so anyhow, I came home, and I instantly just started, like, reading Wine Spectator, and, like... At that getting, age? Yeah, getting into it, Holy and so I got a, Mequon, I grew up in Mequon, Wisconsin, okay. which is a suburb mm-hmm. of Milwaukee, and we used to have a really good uh, wine shop called Grapes and Grain, 
And, oh, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And I got a job, you know, stocking shelves, like, the day I got back. And really? And have pretty much never stopped being obsessed with wine since. I worked at Grapes and Grain for several years and continued to just, you know, sort of be like this, like, junior wine dork. Oh. Um, and when I was, I eventually did end up going to school in Santa Barbara uh, for photography. But oh. um, I wasn't there long before I got a job at uh, Fiddlehead Cellars. In, okay. Um, which is also in uh, Lompoc, California, which is in Santa Barbara County. Which and actually, Kathy Joseph, the winemaker there, is from Madison. So another really oh, look at that. Random. Ooh. Um, and then I never really stopped. I, I actually stopped going to school and just kept doing wine. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So okay, so you went in. Did you go into college? Go into the school visits thinking that you were going to do photography? Was that the ultimate uh, goal? No, or did you I have mean, something else no, in mind? Still at that point, you know, I was, whatever, 17, well, 18. Yeah. I had no clue. I mean, yeah. I loved wine, in, but I didn't. Yeah. I mean, you needed to even get, enology is a, you know, it's a, you get your undergrad it's in something extensive. else. Oh, and then you okay. Then you go on to enology. Like, you get a biology degree. Got and then it, you got go it, got it. So. And do you have a certificate from New Zealand? Yes. Did I read? Okay, um, I thought I read yeah. that. Yeah. So I was, I mean, first of all, not really, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'd like, you know, art and photography. And so I ended up in photography school. And then, yeah, so I just happened to be in wine country and, and kept on going. And then eventually did, like you said, go to New Zealand to yeah. uh, get a more formal uh, winemaking education. Um, oh. Not a full, you know, four year thing, but, uh, you know, it's a science that I, that I need. And I have a yeah. ton of practical, like on job training. I know sort of what to do. I might know, not know why the chemical reactions of every single thing happens, but I know how to how fix it. And uh, That's I, awesome. I feel confident in my training. Why did training. you choose New Zealand? Yeah. It's a um, long flight, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's far away. Well, they spoke English. English. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> important. It's a big part of it. Uh, there's not a lot of winemaking schools in the U.S. There's more every day, mm-hmm. but at the time, so that was 2000 and five so okay. there wasn't so that was first of all it was just fun i wanted to you know travel abroad yeah why not um i like new zealand new zealand wines i did you, you bungee know, jump i did bungee jump did you you can't not bungee jump when you're like a 24 year old in new well, zealand isn't it, yeah. did you go, was it at christchurch that you no down jump? in uh queens queenstown queenstown okay yeah. all right so did that for two years i was down there okay and then came back to Santa Barbara where I was working at Honada and that summer um, I came back to go to Summerfest see my family you know yeah. sort of just yeah. you know Wisconsin summer and met my now wife and then at he, Summerfest? no just oh. at, he was she's a friend of my uh, she, a, acquaintance of my brother's okay. like and I started we kind of knew who each other were but yeah, yeah. really hit it off obviously obviously and, <laughs> well that's good and um we did the long distance thing for a while, and that yeah. sucked. Yeah, I've been there. So mm-hmm. like one year of you know being back here turned into, I don't know. Forever. Are, yeah, eight <laughs> years, whatever. But, but I, uh, but my family's here, like, and I am a Midwestern guy. This is, um, yeah. you know, this is where I feel my home is. And when I was away from winemaking, I missed it. And so I still had friends with vineyards and friends with wineries and was able to, was in touch with them. And so I was able to get some pretty good grapes 
uh, ship, were actually not shipped out to me. I would go out there and I actually drove the first first year. I drove grapes back in a Penske truck. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, That's with, awesome. With uh, my wife Brooke. Oh my gosh. And, uh, That's an experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. And, <laughs> yeah, not, like, not, yeah, not to be repeated. Long but, like, pause. <laughs> yep, it definitely yeah, is. Yeah, we, yeah, it was. We we actually made some pretty good wine out of that stuff too. Did you? Uh huh. Wait. So when did you start making one wine? Um, that was 2012. Okay. That we did that, and then each subsequent year, you know, we, you know, got, you know, wanted to do more, made more, yeah. tried different things, and finally. 2015 came around and it was like we can't make we were making more wine than we could sort of give away to family and friends yeah and um i was also working for my family business at the time so we were giving some away to uh, clients oh wow and but still it was getting to the point of all right let's try to you know recoup some of this cost and uh you know make a little winery you've definitely got i mean by sharing it with so many people you already have sort of like a market carved out in people who like your wine and who've been exposed yeah, it to it. Yeah, it was so also... That's kind of nice. It was nice. And I was pretty active in the Milwaukee sort of wine scene yeah. um, before I was, like, really, you know, really doing it. And so people knew that I was, you know, sort of making this sort of really high-end sort of garage wine. <laughs> and uh, and so when I, I... I came into it with a bit of a following, which was... It's been great. nice and really has continued. So. Yeah. So I, do you... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you sell a lot? So do you sell in retail stores here or how is this? I know that you sell it on your website. Yeah, I, I sell on the, several things are sold out right sell, now. I know I need to update that because there's some <laughs> some new uh, some Ooh. new releases Ooh, that are... Um, like that. that. we'll actually taste here in a minute. Okay. Um, yeah, I sell through retail. I um, have a distributor that I really like who's... Okay. Um, done a good job of getting me into a lot of restaurants um not in just southeast wisconsin but uh door county green bay yeah uh, something that's on wausau i believe and okay um, i have a friend that? who grew up in wausau yeah. where is that uh just like, like two three hours north of here like the yeah, middle, sort of okay. the middle oh, of the state, of the state. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? literally, like literally like the middle of the state <laughs> like oh, wow. yeah um like. Uh, then yeah so it's been going it's really going well. I mean, I do as many different, you know, tasting events as I can. I have people to the winery um, as often as I can. Um, yeah. It's really starting to, you know, the wine business is tough because I paid for all my 2015 barrels and grapes in 2015, and we're still selling 2015. Like, these yeah. are my, some of my current releases are 2015. So it's really nice now to finally have some, uh, cash, you know, some flow? Cash, guess, yeah. cash flow and just movement because you know there's a long time when you know in such a like you you know a beer state and there's a lot of breweries and people are always like when can i taste it when can i taste it and like it was a full almost 18 months of just saying like hold on it's not ready it's not ready it's not ready yeah so how uh, how long do you typically age your wines and i know it'll vary depending on what bottle um, we're talking about but i know that yeah it really does about a a year for the shard okay um the reds, the big reds, 18, 20 months. Um, then the rosé we just had, you know, as quickly, oh, as, really as, quickly as I could uh, make it make it and bottle it. Yeah. What year? Oh, that's, that's re- I mean, it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. I'm getting yeah, like very been, juicy, like crisp apple. Yeah, it's, it's been a it's, real, God, I love it. that rosé has been a real uh, hit so far. And it's named after your wife? Yes, it is named after my wife. So my wife's name is Brooke 
And um, you guys can't see on the podcast, but uh, there's sort of a fishing Check out the Instagram fish theme uh, going with all my labels. My last name is Stringer, so we made a stringer of fish. I was going to say, I really sort of love... Sort of low-hanging yes. fruit for the label. No, but I but, love um, the play on the name. I think it's, it's very creative. And so I did not want to uh, have my... Cabernet and Chardonnay labels are, you know, they're sort of serious, I would say. And I wanted to have the rosé to be a little more playful. Um, it's so, nice, the colors. Yeah. So we had a, uh, a local designer um, design a brook trout. And my wife's name is Brooke. And she loves rosé and she is a talker. And I was going to say, I didn't want to say it. She's been known to babble. So uh, it was... It just all came together. Too. But that's I really didn't want to be presumptuous, but I didn't want to say it, it, but I was like, does Uh-oh. that mean that she talks yeah, a lot? Yeah, she, she talks a lot without wine, and you add rosé to it. Oh, she should be here, too. Uh, We'd love that. Is that her favorite, rosé? Yeah, she loves okay. rosé. Yeah, right. she's, well, been then on that's the, even... she's been on the rosé all day train for oh, a long yeah, time. Oh, yeah, for a while. Yeah. She started it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> she was the engine driving that. No, it's real, I actually didn't notice that about the fish on the labels, uh, that that's your thing. I don't know much about fishing. I think I've caught like three fish. In my my life, husband's so. a fisherman, so I, I I didn't notice that right away. I was like, oh, I get it, stringer, string of fish. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, what about the other name? So, metal bender. That is a okay. reference to your family, okay. right? Yes. So, again, you guys can't see in the podcast, but my winery is in a industrial you know, sort of campus in uh, in West Bend, Wisconsin, and uh, my family was nice enough to. Uh, let me make wine in an extra building that the uh, that our family business, a um, metal uh, manufacturing business. Yeah. Um, it's called Matineer Corporation. It's called. Okay. And uh, so it's a it's a red blend. It's, uh, it's an homage to my family's business because we're referred to as metal benders within the uh, industry. Okay. Why is that? Is it just because we physically actually do bend metal into different okay. shapes and what kind of what does the metal what forgive me, for? forgive me, but what is it? Yeah, what are they different parts for machines? Oh, yeah, different parts for machines okay. for maybe like Harley Davidson or John oh, Deere or okay. you know, okay. some truck suspension. It's um, or Harley Davidson's right over here, yeah. so all sorts that's of things cool. that you would never notice, but little parts and components, but absolutely are, necessary. Yes. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. necessary. And so, this is your parents' business, uh-huh. okay? Has is it like has it been passed down or uh-uh. my okay. uh, my dad bought the business in early 90s. Okay. Um, so I've worked off and on here, you know, since I've been in well, middle school, I guess. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, now I, in, in the beginnings, I was still doing some work for the business. And now, yeah, now that. that I'm, um, this has become a complete full-time gig. Did you cut that, like, cold turkey at some point? You just said, look, if this is going to happen, like, for real, yeah, I got my all in it. Yeah, sort of it. Well, what happened is during harvest, I mean, when, when you're making wine and harvest is going on, that's all you do. And so all of my responsibilities kind of shifted to other people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden harvest was over and it was like, I kind of found myself, um, first of all, with a ton of wine that needed yeah. a lot of work yeah. and number two, but like everyone had kind of gotten used to sort of doing that, doing work. that work. It wasn't cold turkey. I mean, I helped out with some things, but... I mean, I would say that's been over a year now, and uh, I mean, I this is what I do now. Yeah, dedicated to the wine. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And it's it's 
really full time. I mean, I'm just a one man show right now. Yeah. I, mean, I have some help with some. Uh, my brothers help me out with some, you know, uh, website things and yeah. technical stuff that I'm not really good at. But the, I mean, my I'm busy with the wine. <laughs> it's a. Full That's time. awesome yeah. though that you're so hands on mm-hmm. and that. Okay, so committed to quality because your grapes come from California, but you have originally started making here, but now you make all the wine in California, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's, yes, and that's, I mean, we with one exception, this rosé mm-hmm. was made here okay. because I picked this, it's, this is from a young uh, Pinot vineyard. Okay. Um, and it was, rosé can be made in several different ways. One way being that it's sort of a byproduct of red wine making where you um, remove some of the yeah. juice before it ferments um, and it changes the skin to juice ratio of the red wine. So you usually right. make a bigger, bolder red wine by draining off some juice. Mm-hmm. And back in the, before rosé was so popular, you literally throw that away. Now people use that to make rosé. Yeah. Um, but I did not do that. I made, I had a vineyard that I, was a young, like I said, a young Pinot vineyard um, that I picked specifically to be a rosé. Um, so it was very picked very early, and you know mid August. So, um, so I was able to bring that one truck of grapes back here, okay, and make it all then, right then, here. Uh, yeah, and then the rest right of where it, we're standing, guys, yeah. you can't see it either. It's and then, cool. uh, but then all the red wines that I make, um, yeah. you know, they don't get picked until you know end of September or October. So I was able to make that wine here and there's no reason for me to, you know, be in California, you know, renting a spot for, you know, a month and a half before another, just watching Rosé. So I made that here. So you, so, and the difference too is that when you, I know you said that you harvested a little bit earlier, but Mm -hmm. so it's still a shorter time with the skin contact on the juice, right? Well, this had virtually no skin contact at all because it, I made it just as I do a white wine virtually. Okay. I, it went in the press, and then when you first start pressing it, it's really, it's almost clear. And then the harder you press it towards the end, uh-huh. it's much darker because you're actually getting some of the skin pigment sort of okay. pressed into the juice. So you're just pressing it harder than you would a white well, no, not just the, during the press cycle. It has different phases of when it, of how hard it presses. Okay. Uh, and so when you mix some of the harder press with the really, you know, early light press, it kind of mixes and becomes a uh, pretty this you know, beautiful, yeah, color. beautiful pale salmon color. Yeah, it actually goes really well with the color on the fish. Yeah. Well. That was on purpose. We actually okay. had the <laughs> we had the we had samples of the wine. And were able to uh, oh, like brought it to the designer. Oh, and he was wow. able to do the everything's color. intentional. Everything. I love this. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's like a marketing like it's like a golden gold <laughs> star for marketing. Yeah. So now, since we're still we were still on the thing with names, what about the broken leg? I saw that mm-hmm. you had a broken leg, and I'm like, that's really interesting. It's actually the vineyard name. So it's okay. a vineyard in um, Anderson Valley in okay. Mendocino mm-hmm. County, which is a very, very steep vineyard. Okay. And people break their legs yeah, going down it. Yeah, vineyard workers have broken their legs. So <laughs> that's the, bro- yeah, the broken leg vineyard. How's Workman's Camp on that? No, I'm kidding. So that's your, that's your Syrah? Yes. Okay. Uh, the 2015. So 2015 was a really, really um, sort of a weird growing year. It, you know, it was. Great quality, but there was hardly any fruit at all. It was really, really low quantity. 
And so I normally get grapes from a vineyard called Harrison Clark, okay. which is also in Santa Barbara in Ballard Canyon. And the uh, owner, uh, Roger Harrison, called me up and said, you know, I, I, had a, I have a one acre uh, contract with him. So I get whatever is on ton, that acre, whatever tonnage comes on. Up OK, that acre. kind of like regardless. Right. Yeah. So it can be good or it could be bad. I mean, it's um, so it's somewhat like but, a crapshoot. To some, like, yeah. to some extent, but are they are they younger vines or are no, they older these are, vines? No, these are uh, not. They're neither young nor old. They're, okay. they're fully they're fully mature. I mean, they're in right in their sort of prime. I think they're I believe they're you know twelve years old or something. And it had nothing to do with that during fruit set. It was really really windy, and that's um, and so when all the little pollen yeah. blows, uh, it needs to pollinate to the whatever the. I don't know the exact grape physiology, but it was so windy that a lot of the pollen didn't hit the... Oh, <laughs> didn't really? pollinate. So there was very spindly uh, bunches of grapes, and so there wasn't very much weight. Oh. And so he called me up and said, you know, Casey, you, you're entitled to, you know, what's on your contract. They're going to tell you it's only about a half a ton. Which and means what for which you? means that's bad news. I mean, I, a half ton is, that's not much. That's what not do you much. expect to get? Oh, there three tons an acre, which is oh, still really, wow. really low. I mean, but that's still. not, that's, that's still a quality farming, but so at, and he makes wine himself. And so he was like, if you don't mind, he's like, can I have this? And like, we'll just like call it, you know, call wash. It wash. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I was happy to do it because I didn't want a half a ton right. and he needed it. Yeah. So, so I was uh, in a situation where I really was looking for a Syrah and I love Syrah. So I did not want to, you know, not make it that year. Uh-huh. So I put a, uh, a literally just a, a classified ad out saying I'm looking Seriously? for Syrah and a uh, a pretty well known winery called Donkey and Goat. Um, I love that name. Yeah, they're they make some really <laughs> cool funky wines. They were um, giving up their contract, and so she saw by ad and you know got me in touch with the uh, owner of the vineyard. Oh, that's great because. Uh, yeah, and as it turns out, Broken Leg is a fantastic um, Syrah vineyard, and uh, I was lucky to lucky to get it. Wow. wow. It's unfortunate circumstances that led up to it, but it's like maybe everything kind of happens for yeah, a it reason, was, it right? It was really, I'm, yeah, absolutely. It's how it turned me on to Mendocino County uh, fruit, too, and now I, I buy a ton of stuff from up there and really enjoy it. So, so how many vineyards total do you source mm-hmm. grapes from? I think it's... I think it's 11 now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And how do you choose? I'm just curious, right? <laughs> how do you choose the, vi- I mean, so some of that comes from like word of mouth. Some of well, it yeah, comes it comes from, from a whole like bunch of, like yeah, who has availability. it comes from a, a whole bunch of things. It's, I mean, first of all, what, what am I looking for? So right. then now I've been in, involved long enough to, if I'm looking for something, I, you know, I know Generally people to know talk to. Yeah. yeah. And then I know general regions that I'm interested in. Like, yeah. I mean, like I've alluded to earlier i love santa rita hills chardonnay that's what i was looking for like i, I mean, why, why do you like that chardonnay over other regions it's a cold place to grow grapes and it's very heavily marine influenced and okay. so it's really foggy so you you get your grape the grapes will ripen uh-huh. but they don't get these overripe flavors okay. so you get these citrusy minerally uh flavors instead of in warmer places um we with chardonnay at least you get instead of you know 
tropical or pineapple yeah. or yeah. you know peachy. So, and th- that's just the style of Chardonnay that I personally like. It's to drink. very good. Um, and is it looking. is it unoaked? No, it's twenty five percent new. Um, okay. okay. It was one hundred percent barrel fermented. But in, uh, like I said, one new barrel. I made four barrels, so one new barrel, three neutral. Um, and this wine, because it's so from such a cold climate, it needs a little help sometimes getting a little more body. Because it okay. can be pretty lean and linear. Yeah, it really, you, it, it needs some help getting a better mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 really good, but I, I like that yeah. it's not overpowered by. No, I was just gonna say I'm. Sarah mentioned to you before, we're like we're mostly like red drinkers, but I, I have do, been. I love Chardonnay though. I'm on a mission for uh, expanding my whites, and we've actually had, I'd say a handful of shards together this year already. Oh, we had one and, that was awful. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm not gonna say not which good. one, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> But I don't like the super buttery stuff. Like, I tend to like, like, a lighter feel. And this is a little bit lighter feel. It's not yeah, like it for, a... it for sure is. Um, you know, I some warmer climate Chardonnays, when they get higher in alcohol and they get that sort of tropical flavor, like, in sort of guava, can actually handle a bunch of new oak. It can be really, really enjoyable. If I put, I mean, my I wanted some new oak on this, and I only had, you know, what is that? 300 gallons of it, so it was pretty easy to make my decision that it was going to be 25% right, new. Right, right. So that kind of made that decision for me. This is the sort of limit where I would, what I would do with this, with this vineyard. Yeah. I just don't think it, uh, it can't handle a lot of it. It's, yeah. it's so, still very refreshing. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's super, the acid's really high on it and uh, relatively low. And which one's your cab? Is it, it's this one right here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I saw that that was like, what, 15 point? Yeah, it's. Eight percent. That's that's like that's a Wisconsin influence, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But um, (laughs) how was this one made? Because I was kind of reading about it, and it seemed very intriguing. Because you said something about like a short cellar life or something, and I I was trying to figure that out. Like, how long would you age it for? How long would you Uh, keep it in your cellar for to have like that optimal hmm. time frame? Well, here's my thing. I don't think it's gonna have a short. Can I taste some? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, No, it's okay. Uh, I'm just going to be straight up and ask. <laughs> yeah, no, please, don't ask. Just even pour. Um, oh, my gosh, that's so pretty. I don't think we'll have a Thank short you. cellar life. What I feel like is that it's a pretty hedonistic uh, wine. And one of the reasons why I like Cal- Napa Cab and uh-huh. a lot of California wines is for the fruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, when wow. you sometimes when you age something for you sometimes I've, I've had this happen to my many times I have this special bottle of something and of Napa Cab or some you know Saxum some Paso Robles Syrah some big mm-hmm. time stuff and well, that is delicious all of a sudden you let it age for you know seven ten years and you're like huh it kind of lost what was really good about it to begin with is the fruit, fruit. Yeah. yeah and I mean I have I mean, I do, I admit I have a sort of a winemaker's palate where I drink a lot of really young, fruity, tannic wines, and um, that's what I, I guess, sort of enjoy now. Do you? Yeah, I mean, that's just what I drink a lot of, and I just, that's... Throughout, like, I mean, your, throughout, like the winemaking process. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, dr- I'm drinking, what... you know, these baby monster wines all the time, and so sometimes oh I'll have gosh. some, you know, burgundy from the 70s, and you're like... I guess it just, I just, I mean, I, like, I totally enjoy it, but I, but, so it's sort of a long answer. It's, do I think this will age for sure? 
but do I think it's going to get a whole lot better in 10 years than it is now? Like, maybe not. Um, or maybe it just depends on your taste. It does though. depend on your taste, too. I personally love, uh, I like fruit. Isn't oh, there, I do, too. I feel like there's also, like, a weird drinking holiday where it, they say, it's like, I don't know what it's actually called, but it's something along the lines of, like, drink your wine. And so you choose that bottle that you've been, like, storing forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people will store I have a stuff few of those. just forever. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like, why? Because exactly what you just said, like, it, the taste changes so much. And what you, the reason why you bought it, what you thought about it back then, it, mm-hmm. those expectations. I feel like sometimes you hold on to something because you, like, bought it at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was an expensive bottle of wine. And then you hold on to it. And you're like, there's never the right time. But yeah. it's like you mm-hmm. just got to bite the bullet and just do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? But Ooh. then conversely, with some other wines like Bordeaux's that don't start out, you know, as overtly mm-hmm. fruity. I, and they just can be so tannic and hard, you know, I love them with age on it. Um, you know, Northern Rhone is the same thing. They can just, where it's not so much about the initial fruit, where it's, um, they need some age. Where yeah, I just, this is so smooth. I just, really I good. like Napa Cab to have some bite and some tannin, and so that's, that's, that's what I gravitate towards. There's, yeah, there's definitely some layers. This, I feel like this is a, it's a very smooth uh, cab, I feel like. It's Everything really just meshes together really, really well. And so it's 50% aged in stainless steel, or no? No, this is all, um, I can't remember exactly, but I think 75 or up of new oak. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a big it's a big a, wine that can handle a lot of new oak. So so I did that. I mean, I like that. So Yeah. Um, it's This is a blend of three different vineyards. Uh, Coliseum Block Vineyard, which is... Okay. Um, I feel like I've heard of that. I don't uh, know why. You may have the... Uh, there's a few... Uh, Carter Cellars is a pretty famous... Oh, I've uh, heard that. I've famous heard them, yeah. uh, Cabernet producer, and they make a, a Coliseum Block. Um, whatever. It's a great, awesome vineyard, and I feel extremely lucky to have been able to work with their fruit. Yeah. And then um, Grigsby Vineyard, which is right down on the Yountville Cross, right on the flatlands and valley floor. And then there's some uh, stagecoach in okay. there as well, which is a uh, very well-known uh, Cabernet vineyard. Awesome. Well, it's a huge vineyard, but there's I have cab in there. I ha- I'm heading to Napa for the first time ever next month, and I'm like, I can't wait to see all of these well, places. I've been there a shoot, few times. Shoot me an email before you go. I have okay. a lot of recommendations. Do you? Yeah. Oh, my mom and I are sure. like, I'm going with my mom for the first time. And I was like, we're, we're slowly planning everything, but I will definitely send you an email and ask for the recommendations. Because we have a few days where we're like, I love it open. there. You could place me there. I could live there. I'd be happy, I'm sure. <laughs> for sure. Especially for sure. like looking at like these pictures. I'm just, oh my God. Like oh, I just well, want to be a part back of that. Up, that's Broken Lake Vineyard. I'm sorry. That's Broken Lake? <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's a, ter- it's a terrace vineyard. Um, well, actually all vineyards we talked about. This is oh, the Chardonnay yeah. Vineyard. Oh uh, John gosh. Sebastiano Vineyard yeah. in Santa Rita Hills. And this is Harrison Clark, where I get my Syrah from. Yeah. The one that w- had the sort of rough year in 15. Right. Actually, it wasn't a rough year. It was just not, like I said, it was excellent wine, but... Very windy. Not very much of it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so that's a blend of three different vineyards. In 16, um, got Stagecoach again. I have a long-term contract with them. I have uh, Coliseum in 16 again. And in uh, 16, I switched out the Yountville Vineyard to actually another Yountville Vineyard called Ghost Block. I'm 
toying around with releasing some single vineyard calves. Oh, really? Um, but we'll we'll see. I don't know if I want to. So, do you change your lines. your vineyards or blends every year? Like where you uh, the blends are change the blends change. Um, I keep sort of adding vineyards. I haven't mm-hmm. really subtracted any. <laughs> Because one of the things that you need to sort of do is create a wine, you know, I mean, if there's a reason to get rid of a vineyard, yeah, sure, you do it. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm still new, exactly. I want yeah. some consistency. And, you know, I also want people who like my wines to yeah. recognize something and want say, hey, I like this one last year. I want to try it the next right? year. Yeah. So right. um, I try not to, like I said, I've been adding more vineyards. I've really been subtracting. That's awesome. And so, like, your plate, you said that you guys have a location sort of your production location in calistoga right yes so i guess i'll back up a little bit so all these the wines that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. uh you know recently have all been shipped the grapes were picked you know cold in the morning put into you know bins put onto a refrigerated truck that was waiting in the vineyard yeah or as close to it as possible and then a uh driver or a tag team of drivers will have it back in wisconsin in you know 36 to 48 hours that is crazy that's like yeah. a that's like it's a well-oiled totally machine. crazy and it's like a covert operation <laughs> yeah, yeah right it's, it's <laughs> just sneak them in the back no <laughs> it's really uh i don't know hectic and takes a lot of work and logistics of it and so then i'm out at the pick and then i fly back to wisconsin to meet the grapes and have my tanks ready and the you know the stemmer ready and everything ready so yeah. when the truck gets here i'm you know it's being processed within you know minutes oh yeah so you have all that equipment like uh-huh. here. yeah here yeah oh, so is there some like i feel like it'd be like christmas morning when you see that truck pull up and you're like it made it <laughs> i'm yes it is i'm in thank god with all the satellite stuff now and uh, i use you a can bro- track it. i use a broker that i is really good and i know when that guy is t- you know eating the cheeseburger yeah <laughs> I, I, I follow it because it's you know that's extremely a extremely important um, absolutely you know those are fresh grapes and the minute you pick them you know the quality starts to you know sort of degradate at that moment yeah and i do i mean as good a job as i can possibly do you know i pick you know in really small bins and i don't and it's cold and it's quick so i mean the fruit shows up in really really good i, mean, I never had a problem it's, a it's always been really really excellent um but it's just it's logistically hard and it's expensive um so for a number of reasons uh, the production has moved out to california yeah one of which is just what i alluded to just all of that to um you know i i work with so many vineyards now where i don't want to make any qualitative picking decisions mm-hmm. that based on you know whether a truck is just full like the or timing, not yeah. the timing of it so I have, you know, the freedom to make, you know, picking decisions, yeah. you know, that are much, you know, that are based on 100% just when the grapes are ready. Yeah. Um, so do so you, like, di- live in California during, like, harvest season? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out there about a week, a month, okay. and then all from, you know, mid-August to Christmas. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, Does Brooke come with you or no? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's and we have awesome. a little one now. So. Do you? He came out last year. Yeah. <laughs> Is there going to be a wine named after him? I hope so. <gasps> I bet. He work, I'm I bet sure he works his way in. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's going to. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. uh, and then the other thing is just uh, 
there's a lot of talk. There hasn't been any ruling yet, but uh, with what you're allowed to put on your wine label. Okay. Um, there's a lot of changes that are being discussed where currently right now I can, you know, write what I write where the grapes are from mm-hmm. and the vineyard they're from and the varietal and the vintage and yeah. everything. Um, but there is some talk of making it so I could only write, you know, American red wine. Really? Uh, when you is th- that a government thing or? Yeah, it's a government thing. Okay. There's the, uh, the TTB who is, you know, in control of um, all the labeling practices have been heavily lobbied by, you know, a lot of California, you know, wineries and wine lobbying groups to, um, to you know, give their brand which is, I, I, I'm not even arguing this, I get it, that they've done an excellent job of branding and marketing and their wines are excellent. So they're trying to, they don't want, you know, someone else, you know, gaining off of all the work that they've done on their brand. And there's another concern is that I feel like I take very, very special care in bringing grapes across the country and yeah. do as best as I possibly can. Not everyone goes through those, you know, crazy steps that right. I do. And so someone else could have a wine that, you know, was in some warm, make wine out of some grapes or in a warm truck and, mm. you know, had VA and still write, you know, Napa on it. Right. And so it can, there's a potential and the potential is oh, higher okay. to bring their brand down. And I, I'm just, I'm, I won't argue that I agree with them. And that's if you, that's if you take, if the grapes are grown in California and you were to still process them here. Yeah. Well, it goes broader than that. It, it's any state. Like, quite frankly, if you're fermenting fruit that was in a different state than it was grown in, uh-huh. then you're That's subject it. to these new rules. There's been a ton of backlash, um, as you can imagine. Yeah. Because wineries like, uh, like, for instance, Wollersheim Winery, which is yeah. another Wisconsin winery, they're really big. I don't know how many cases they make, but they're, they're big. Yeah. And, you know, Wisconsin and the Midwest and, you know, Ohio and Michigan, and we have a, you know, a pretty marginal condition uh, climate for growing grapes so sometimes they rely on buying fruit from other states you know particularly california to support their to wine. support yeah. their wines I and mean, it might not be every year but to tell them that they can no longer you know some very established winery i mean if you want to i mean it puts someone like me tiny little thing out of business but you know, I don't really think I even like count in the argument. It's the big guys that are yeah. doing anything wrong. Um, but uh, it's it's been tabled for quite a while, so oh, it hasn't. It has. There's it hasn't no. Passed yet. I mean, I think some version of it will pass at some point. Um, I didn't really want to wait around for it to get caught up in it. So combining that with the other reasons I had, it just sure. made sense. Yeah, I mean. Financially and for like the future of your company, mm-hmm. that I'd say that definitely makes sense. And that. the other, another major part is that I'm starting to make enough wine where I can't only I need to sell it in other states as well. Mm-hmm. So does that it, get you in your door in the door in California? Well, yeah, it gets me in the door, and you know, what well, can be, I mean? I technically no. I mean, I could sell wine in other states now, but having West Bend, Wisconsin, on the back of a label it's like it's like it works here and you know for the most part and people like the story here yeah you know someone in you know new jersey they don't want to see wisconsin on the back of a 55 dollar bottle napa cap they should no this is is good uh 
So do you sell your wine in California now? Not yet. Not yet. Plans or? Yeah, definitely plans. I mean, I plan on selling in a bunch of states. Okay. Uh, coming up I mean, soon. it's really good. It like definitely can hang. Yeah, I'm not the, worried about the. Uh, can hang. I'm not sure. worried about the quality side of it. Metal one. But. Uh, the metal bender. The metal I'm, I guess I'm always worried about the quality, but I'm, I'm happy with what so far. So far, so good. I love, I mean, I just, so I've been reading like a lot of weird books. Not weird books. Mm-hmm. Not, not that weird. <laughs> what but kind like, of weird, Jamie? Like right. wine books and stuff the, like the that. And like, it's coming out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. The drug bitch is coming out. I'm not driving. So I was reading Tangled Vines, which is about the, fi- the fire that was set um, to a, a warehouse where all these old bottles were stored and stuff. The book actually like went into details about certain vineyards and kind of how they got their, their initial start. Mm-hmm. I just find it fascinating to, to see or hear how people just like went into it. And I, I wish that I could be like a fly in a wall and just like watch the whole experience unfold. What was your first harvest like? Like, how did you know what the heck you were doing? Like, I mean, how do you know what you're doing? Because you go to winemaker school. Um, like it's just like it, I don't know why, I but it start, like blows I mean, my mind. I, I started at the bottom. I mean, I yeah. started. Actually, I'm still cleaning tanks all the time. I clean. You guys are cleaning tanks ten seconds before you got here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've I started at the bottom. I watched a lot of talented people. Yeah. I, you know, learned from them. I, uh, you know, have faked it in some situations. You're just like, I got to do something, and I'm gonna. You know, try it. Uh, yeah. I did go to school um, and learn uh, some of that. But that my, the school part was less practical than it yeah. was more, you know, theoretical. Right. Um, which so, I did need. I mean, I sort of dispelled some of that earlier. But I did need. There's some things that I absolutely just need to understand in order to make good wine. And so it really helped with that. Um, but a lot of it is just, you know, stuff happens and you figure out a way to... Yeah. Do it. I mean, you. Um, I feel like a lot. Just, I mean, so much trial by error. No. So if someone wanted to make, I don't want to say it like that, but I mean, yeah, there's, it's more I mean, calculated. There's of, I mean, but, there's a ton of trial error. I mean, I'm a better winemaker every single harvest and vintage for sure. Um, I see something new every vintage yeah. is definitely different. I mean, there's you are throwing different challenges all the time. Um, That's be kind of you know. Fun, there's though. little like. It's also sort of fun. I get to like a. I mean, I'm happy that I've I've worked in wineries that had like every single like toy on earth, like every the coolest new presses, the yeah, coolest really? everything, and it's awesome. And I've also you know am, you know worked in you know places like we're sitting here right now where you sort of, you get creative and you figure stuff out. I um, feel like your whole background like leads you to like be successful in this though. I mean, it, you have a creative background. Yeah, right? I, I like so far so far so good with it. It's been I, I'm quite proud of the wines. You, you, you should, should be. be. They're you very good. Be. They're very good. No, no offense to Wisconsin wine, but they're unlike anything yeah, that I would would ever <sighs> pair with Wisconsin yeah, alcohol that's not beer. Yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of quality. So <laughs> that's uh, why I don't belong in Wisconsin. I don't. So this is uh the metal bender. Yeah. yeah. Kind of normally I will pour this one before the cap, but uh, so the metal bender is kind of a fun story. So when you make wine, there's not every barrel comes out equal for whatever reason. I might have. I mean, I try with each within each lot of grapes. I will try 
you know, different yeast here, different pump oh, overs, okay. some different techniques. So I'm trying to figure out what works. And yeah. that's the way to, you know, back to your other question, that's the way that I learn. I, fi- I try different things, see what works. And then if it works, I do it again. If it doesn't work, I, you know, try do, do less else. of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2015, not every single thing, you know, worked as well as I would have hoped it to. And so I had a bunch like of, I had a, well, this is a, this oh, is that's the 16. Yeah. That's right. I did notice no, that. No. So, but the 15 was actually, well, I'll get to it. Okay. So <laughs> the, uh, so in 2015, I had uh, some Cabernet and some Syrah that of the barrels that I had, they just like, I didn't like them as much. I didn't really want to add them to my yeah. higher end stuff. Um, so I, you know, declassified them and was sort of sitting on them and thought, you know what? I want you declassified them. What does that mean? Just like segregated them. You okay. Know? So okay. they, I got it. Yeah. I mean, it was a sort of barrel selection and I just, they were the ones that didn't sort of hit the mark. And so okay. I, you know, moved them to a different, uh, wine and, but the wine wasn't necessarily bad. It just wasn't what I wanted, you know, wanted yeah. at, for that. And so I ended up mixing, well, this is not very scientific here. <laughs> I mixed, uh, I mixed what I had, which happened to be, uh, Cabernet and Syrah, and I added a little bit of Petit Verdot to it, oh. um, just for a little color. And anyhow, it came up. With, so it was a the sum of its parts turned out to be an excellent wine. Yeah, and became very very popular for me. So in 2016, I had to I, I had this flavor profile that I was trying to match okay, I didn't yeah. have to it wasn't I had no goal to have anything be exact because every year will be different right, sure but I definitely had a you know a model that I was looking at and so we're having the 16 right now this was bottled about two weeks ago really wow and it's actually recovered from bodily I'm quite pleased with uh so this, it's it like a for oh, God, our listeners that can't really see it's like an ink block they can't color, really see almost. no they just can't see yeah <laughs> sorry I yeah. can't see at all <laughs> Uh, Check out the Instagram page. You'll be able to see. Um, it is like an, oh, it's yeah, like it's an beautiful. ink block color. So is that the well? What, what gives it that like very dark, dark, dark? Because well, first of all, it's really, really young. Okay, which is you know that's part of it. Yeah. Two, it's sixty-five percent Cabernet, which Cabernet in itself is a big dark grape. Sure. Uh, so Syrah, right? So and it's 20% Syrah and about 15% Petite Syrah, which is a really dark, inky oh. grape. Oh, you did say Petite Syrah. And there's yeah. some uh, Petite Verdot in it. Oui. So you add all four of those together, there's it, it's going to be dark. I miss the Petite so Syrah part. Okay, so 2015, though, was just the three. 2015 was just the three. The Cab Syrah and the Petite mm-hmm. Verdot. And then you added the Petite Syrah to mm-hmm. this blend. Ooh. Yeah, nice. just because... You know, it was really popular, you know, at restaurants for by the glass. Mm-hmm. And people love, you know, sort of a little jamminess, especially yeah, when you're yeah. drinking it young and a lot of people this would just, go really just good like steak. it. But if I had one knock against the 2015 Metal Bender, yeah. would be that it was slightly austere and kind of had like a sort of cedary note to it. Okay. Which it's, I really like that. But um, I was thinking for a lot of the people that were buying it and the restaurants that were buying it, that maybe um, if I add a little petite Syrah, it would uh, you know flesh it out a yeah. little bit more. But funny enough is when I was doing it. I mean, I happened to sort of lean towards the, the first version of it, and 
I had a bunch of petite Syrah, and I was like, oh, should I add this? And in the end, there was less petite Syrah than I actually planned on it. Okay. <laughs> just because I didn't want to turn it into, like, a real sort of cloying, jammy thing. Mm-hmm. You wanted to maintain some of what that original, that 2015 was, too. I actually right? wanted to just maintain a wine I'd like to drink. Yeah. I, that's, listen, if you're not making wine that you won't drink, yeah. like, I mean, there's a problem. I like the blend. I like the four different grapes. What was the, what were the percentages again? 60 cab? I'll tell you exactly. Look at the back. It's, uh, oh, six, you're, I love that you yeah. put everything on the label. 65 cab, 20 Syrah, 13 petite, and uh, petite Syrah, I should say, then 2% petite Bordeaux. Nice. Okay. So when you okay. said restaurants, mm-hmm. what restaurants do you have this in? Are uh, they the, all in Wisconsin or? Yeah, everything okay. is so far has been yeah. in Wisconsin. Um, it was at circa 1880, unfortunately, before it closed, which I is heard. a total bummer. Bummer, oh, yeah. I've I never even... That. Oh, I love that restaurant. There's a bunch of them in West Bend. Uh, Poplar Inn. It was at uh, Cribbers. It's at uh, Timmers. Um, in Cedarburg. It's at okay. uh, Stilt House and Ernie's Wine Bar. It's out in, uh, like, Oconomowoc, Delafield area, at a few okay. places. Okay. Um, it's at Edgewater Hotel in Madison. Nice. Um, oh, wow. I'm forgetting a bunch of them. Well, all uh, you other restaurateurs that are listening, if you yeah. are, you should definitely consider putting string, Stringer Cellars yeah. wine in your restaurant because it's pretty damn good. So you said you just bottled the 2016. Yeah, so uh, is, less than two weeks ago. So is that ready to then be shipped? Are you holding on to it for a little Because we saw longer? it was sold out on the website. Before we were like, oh. you release it to the restaurants? Uh, well, it really, that's just a How's sort of a work? judgment Call. I mean, if I tasted it right now and thought, like, you know what, this is not, it hasn't bounced minute. back, I need yeah. to sit, then I absolutely would hold it. Um, I think it's recovered really, really well, and um, the mid palate is a little bit not as silky as it was before, but it, that'll come back. So, yeah, actually, today was the first shipment to the distributor. So, oh, the, so uh, we lucked out, yeah, huh? So, today was. Oh my God, the, that's was, awesome. I guess it was fake. Behind the scenes. <laughs> released today it's so that I mean again I'm just fascinated mm-hmm. by all of it I could be a fly on the wall I'm not kidding <laughs> it's beautiful it's really cool because oh it's like it. you can't even like try and see through it I love that this is actually really a nifty glass I know we talked a little bit about glassware before uh-huh. but it is the way that the legs just fall and like go down I, so I don't know why Gabrielle yeah, Gabriel glass it's okay. a um, Austrian glass oh. or glass oh. company and they're my favorite. Go-to? Why? Because, um, you know... They're really, really light. I like light glasses. Yes. They are... I like... It's just a nice shape. It's it's actually the... They only make one shape of glass for wine. Just as they call it the universal. And the it's... Universal. Um, I and actually it's excellent love that. for... And I... For me, I drink a bunch of different wines, you know, all the time. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to have, you know, burgundy stems and Bordeaux stems and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all sorts. Of I always wonder if that's like really worthwhile. I think it is. No, worthwhile to have all the different oh, style I glasses. Mean, I, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, I've been to those like tastings, the same wine with different glasses, Ooh. and it totally changes. I mean, there's the the Riedel guys do a bunch of those tastings. Uh-huh. I highly recommend if you ever see really? them do it. It opens up your eyes. I it's love cool. their glasses, but they mm-hmm. break so easily. Well, this will break. Ten times easier. Oh, really? <laughs> this thing is delicate as a flower. That's like, why I God. have those other ones at home. What did yeah, I say? So the these, Schott Zweisel. So Gabriel Glass makes a, um, you can see, 
These are that you guys are drinking out of the hand blown ones. Okay. They make yeah. a machine that you guys can feel. Oh, I use this yeah. at the that's this oh, this winery is, this glass. Is a little heavier. So you yeah, can put yeah. that one in the dishwasher, but uh, oh, I would never, I would never do that. Well, you can put that one in. I don't, I don't trust myself. All right, we're gonna. We, well, don't take listeners? a picture of my very dirty glass. Okay. Does that mean that they transition to just like the? Manufactured one, or they still make the hand? Oh, they still make these. I mean, you can buy either one, oh. but um, gotcha. I don't know. These I, have a higher higher price point, I'm sure. They do. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah, I'm sure. I I don't know. I think wine tastes better out of nice glasses. Yeah, I agree. And so when I have people coming into the winery, I want to have like the best possible expression yeah. of it, and I also want them to like think that they're drinking something fancy and they like it and so it, I mean, it's it is fancy a, man I mean yeah. I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say that I think that your wine will speak for itself oh, regardless think, of glassware so too, but, but I, I mean no it's, it's fun it's, I mean I it's a nice t- they're beautiful there's a uh, winery it, in Napa called Larkmead and they, they there's another uh, it's called Zalto glasses Zalto Zalto okay. which are excellent absolutely excellent um, and they use Zaltos there and I just remember being there being like this, the whole experience is just like <laughs> Awesome. And I hey, that it. was and one so of the first things I noticed. So when I came I back in. and was yeah. like, you know what? I am, you know, I'm going to get good glasses mm-hmm. for you. Now, in terms of what you have available, like, when do a lot of people come visit you here? How does this work? Um, I mean, I know that I, it's, we had a it, fun little re- outreach. It goes, it sort of goes in waves. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, I'll have, you know, a group come in from some event that I. Or I was talking to someone at an event and said, hey, you should come on in. And yeah. then they'll talk to their friends and it will like sort of, I'll have like two weeks of like tons of visitors and then it will sort of die down. Okay. But yeah, we're open by appointment. Okay. Um, so I have people come. So if we it. wanted to bring a group, we could just call you and mm-hmm. say, hey, Casey, can you yeah. open up? Okay, nice. Do you, awesome. sell, do you sell wine here? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Okay. Um, then we go through all the current releases and then uh, taste some barrels too, which is always fun. Usually, what? Yeah, it usually lasts. Uh, That's really. I've never been. I've been to several wineries. I've never been to a winery you could actually taste. All right, well, the we barrel. could do that today. Oh Wait, my god! Wait, you mean like you like, take stuff out of the barrel to drink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, then so, wait, we're just like wine nerding out here. And then it really depends on the group. Some groups are, you know, they want to hear me talk a little bit, but they mostly just want to, you know, hang out and I think. But then other groups are like really interested in like knowing yes. everything about yeah. every single thing, and yeah. it, you know, it can be like a three-hour. I mean, I'm sure it's, that it's, it's I mean, really I would be cool sitting here with you, but I'm sure you have other things to do. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> no, I love that. Those are the groups I, I actually enjoy more. Some of them, I feel like I'm just sort of getting in the way of their alcohol their consumption of their consumption. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it's very fascinating. And so, what is? So you said that all of these are aged about, or the reds are aged about eighteen months. 18 to to 20. About a year, yeah. It really depends. So there's not that many. So I get, there's a bottling, you know, trailer that comes uh, to bottle my wine for me. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. And there's not that many of them, as you can imagine, in the Midwest. No. So there happens to be one in uh, Monona, Minnesota. Okay. Really? And so they drive here, and so... Sometimes it's a lot of just like scheduling of like when they can get here. Then they also it's you know they'll come here, so I want to have a bunch of wines ready. So usually it falls you know in the eighteen to twenty month. Okay. See, and I think that's something that well I know I never really thought that much about, but I'm and I'm sure listeners haven't either. Like how much is dependent upon the availability of these other 
these other steps in the process. And everyone thinks like, oh, it's just a bottle of wine. But like, there's so much oh, that goes into so it. If you took the time to put like post-its like on the wall of every step of the process, I'm sure you could go around this entire place. And yeah, it's still Well, just down. even yeah, picking the corks and like what you put on the corks. I'm sure that took some time. Mm. I mean, I know the listeners can't see, not maybe can they see, but... <laughs> You know, it's really cool that you have, like, the, the stringer and the fish, and I'm sure that took time. I mean, I think like, the whole presentation of wine is, yeah. you know, important, and that's another thing that I've tried to set myself apart. Um, Your labels are beautiful. With the, you know, yeah. I, I, it's quality wine, and I want the bottle to look, you know, yeah. the part. Um, I, well, think that's, I, think, I think that's important. Oh, they're uh, great. And then you yeah. have the embossed, like the yeah. gold, like the, fo- it's, it's not gold foil, but it's, it's definitely an embossed gold. Yeah, like, it's a, I it's, think about my scrapbooking days. Yeah, it is a, I mean, yeah, it's a gold foil. Then this is a black foil and yeah. So it's, I mean, I, yeah, I, really I nice. care about that stuff. So I, mean, I appreciate I it, the presentation. Yeah, I just, I think that if you like, why, if you work so hard on what's inside the bottle to not continue all the way, sometimes you're yeah, like, right. I just, sometimes I'm surprised. And it's like, that wine was really good, but, like, you really used, like, mm-hmm. that? And you're like... You're like, it looks so cheap. I know. And then there's then I know other people and, you know, some of the great wines of the world are just simple, you know, Kistler labels or, you know, excellent. And it's just like, and it's like, what's in the bottle that matters? And... I, that's awesome for them. Sure. But in, you know, for me, just, you know, trying to get into that yeah. you know, sort of echelon, you know, I have an upward battle anyway. But so. I think if you've, I think if you've built that reputation mm-hmm. for several years and then yep. you want to say, okay, I'm going to do what I want, then fine. But definitely like when you're starting out, I think presentation is key. Um, and, to get someone to, to buy your wine, honestly. And I just also start. think, I mean, I'm not on a, I'm at a few wine shops, but I mean, I love, I love buying wine myself and I always think I mean I buy you know not solely based on labels or anything but obviously I buy if I pick up a bottle that you know looks cool to me yeah well and I think that's I mean I feel like there have been a lot of different articles about that and how like and a lot of conversation about how people just kind of go with like what what looks appealing it's like what just like catches your eye and so there's sort of like what's that balance because you don't want to go too crazy because I mean I can't imagine I well I would actually imagine that labels cost a fair penny they do yeah <laughs> and so but you don't want to be like spending all of this extra money because then again all of these additional costs sort they of like add, add into yeah and they add into what you're going to have to end up pricing that bottle as mm-hmm. you think about that and so it's like it need, it should be appealing but I I mean it, I feel like it's it should also be somewhat Understate, like it shouldn't be just like an in-your-face everything. Try to like go over the top crazy. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I like subtle and elegant. Yes, the, yeah, yes. definitely subtle and elegant. I like. And that. I think that you, I think that you've captured that. It's it. They're great. They're great. Good. So I know you said your favorite wine is the Chardonnay, but is that the favorite wine you make? No, that was the favorite wine that I have on Drink. the table. What's the favorite oh. wine that you make? Oh, no, that's just my favorite wine that I have on, we currently on are sitting on the table ah, right now. Okay. Oh, okay. So what's your favorite wine then? Oh, my favorite wine, uh, Syrah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So is it I mean, this one? Is this? I love that wine. I really do like that wine a lot. Um, but if I could make, you know. Yeah, what's your favorite wine to Sir- make? Syrah, for sure. I yeah? Mean, Syrah Why? is really cool because... It grows well in cold climates. It grows in warm climates, and it tastes it tastes good in both. Like where you can grow 
you know, Cabernet and Sonoma Coast or or Anderson Valley, and it just doesn't taste that good. It's mm-hmm. sort of like weedy and thin. Mm-hmm. Or you can grow, you know, when Syrah works in Barossa Valley, which is so hot, or Paso Robles, which is so hot, and it's like delicious and like sort of big and but jammy and just like fun and cute. Yeah. And then or it grows in, you know, this is from Anderson Valley, uh, where it's, you know, a little more, you know, lighter bodied, but, you know, more savory and can be, you know, sort of like olive brine or almost like bloody tasting. And really? Wow. Yeah. It's so that's why it's why. And you also like you can make it an open top. You can punch it down. You can pump it over. You can use whole cluster. You can destem it. You can do like a million different oh things to it. And it really reacts to what you do. And, so the and I, I don't feel like there's a real Syrah recipe mm-hmm. where I feel, you know what? Not that I just really happened late. to have grab that bottle off of over there because I didn't open it. That could be like two Super weeks. Old. <laughs> I, I'm happy. Don't but, open no, another I'm one. Happy, right no, I am. No. I, I kind of want to. <laughs> so, uh, you got talking about yeah, it. You're like, talking. oh, I need so it. So it, it, really, it really reacts to what you do a lot. Yeah. And it, it can have a lot of really good, you know, results. Um, so that's that's why it's my favorite. Unfortunately, Syrah is a tough, tough sell. Really? Really? Yeah. I love Syrah. Oh, it's why people. Is it? it seems to be the people that know about wine and like and really pay attention about, about wine. They, they they like Syrah. Yeah. yeah. But it's the the regular consumer. the regular consumer oftentimes doesn't, and I don't even think that they don't like it. They it's just that, don't the, know. It's that the you know the bar manager or buyer or the wine shop they just it doesn't sell and they're in a business to make money so they they buy you know cab merlot pinot and chard and it's they're just it's not put in it's not available to them that often yeah Mm -hmm. so like through distribution into restaurants like i do okay with syrah however at the winery and I add tastings. I sell a ton of syrup. When you have an when opportunity you have it, when you to taste like share it. that, yeah, yeah. And so it's. I mean, I'm not going to stop making it just because yeah. I, again, I love it. Um, but it's a, it's tougher. I mean, like cab, shard. I mean, they're they just, so easy to say they, though. They and they're familiar. And, and people, people, people on that. a wine list who are like, so you're at a restaurant, and it's you know whatever, fifty, seventy five bucks on a list. They're willing to take a chance on cab because they're familiar with it. But not there's so less. Yeah. Uh, there's less risk taking with the, yeah. you know other varietals. Um, it's a shame because considering like all the craft beers that people like now drink, everyone's like, "Ooh, but it's a craft beer, so I gotta try it." It's like you want that to like yeah, be like around your, like Syrah, right? That's like maybe a. I know. know $7 I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Syrah. I mean, it could be a. <laughs> Whatever, 50, like I said, 50, 50 $75. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, yeah. I get it. So let me ask you this. I know you talked about, like, things being fruit forward and enjoying that, and you taste a lot of wine. There's been, like, this huge thing with, like, sommeliers and Riesling. Mm-hmm. Is that something oh. you're into? Or do you, like, they say that their palates have been tired because, you know, um, they taste so much wine, blah, blah, blah. Blah blah blah. But <laughs> do you like Riesling? I do, do you like, like Riesling, Riesling. Yeah, for sure. From a specific, specific type of Riesling? Um, well, I guess, I mean, I would say like German or Austrian or Australian. I mean, do you when like I was the sweet in. stuff? Wait, Australia makes Riesling? Yeah, excellent. Oh, I think I knew yeah, that. They make excellent Riesling. Um, so here's the thing I mean, when I go home 
I don't open up nearly as much big red wine as I used to. Okay. I can get where the Psalms are saying that it's like you do get some tired and sort of that higher fatigued acid just is like refreshing and yeah. good and it's like doesn't bog you down. So I mean I drink more white wine now than I do red wine. And not because I like it better or anything, it's just I drink a ton of red wine, but just for pleasure. It's just I, different. Yeah, it's just different and it is like sort of more intriguing. You yeah. Know? So uh, interesting. Yeah, I do you have a favorite so I, white wine though? Like a favorite varietal. Well, well Chardonnay, white burgundy. Chard, okay, okay. Uh, so I get, I mean, I like what Psalms have done with all like, you know, they they become powerful with the social media yeah. and they've changed, you know, winemaking a lot. And I like what they've done with white wine. I don't mm-hmm. particularly like what they've done with red wine as much because mm-hmm. I think the pendulum has started to swing. I mean, in the, you know, mid 2000s and maybe into 2000, whatever, for a long time, really, really big, ripe red wines have been popular. They scored really well. They sold really well. Mm-hmm. Sommeliers, you know, recognize that that's not always a great food pairing. Yeah. And they don't necessarily age as well. I mean, there's, I guess, the jury's still out on the age part of it because it hasn't been that long. <laughs> so we don't really have a real yeah. You know, yeah. data point, that many data points to track. But, you know, there's some, there's some evidence that, that, that they're right. And there's also that, like I just said before, that they taste really good young, so I age them. But I do think that with white wine, they've, I mean, I like higher acid, leaner white mm-hmm. wines. And I just, I, I like that, uh, that trend that's going on right now. Okay. It, but the red wine trend is also, it's kind of, the pendulum has started to swing towards the middle. I mean, there was some, it got so over the top with, you know, really, really high alcohol and, but then it got with the reds, yeah. Yeah, but then I mean, some people really reacted the opposite way and started to pick, you know, and, you know, late August some reds that were like you know twelve percent alcohol and you know weedy and yeah. rough tannins and not um, so fruity. That's and it's like, but those are the that, ones that you want to age more, right? Because well, the, the tannins, well, you, you got to mellow that stuff out. Or maybe it's well, just they, not they good. will age. That's all. <laughs> I don't know if you want to. I, I mean, yeah. I just don't particularly like that yeah. style. So I, yeah, I mean, I just either. it's not something that I've been really exploring or thinking yeah. about. But the pendulum has started to swing towards the middle where you're getting people who are kind of doing I'm a both. Like you're not going so over the top and you're not going so over the top with new oak and you're not going, you know. So, I mean, I think that the wine making is in a pretty good spot thanks to, you know, some of the sommelier, uh, you know. Input. Yeah, input, exactly. And, and because like back to the sort of social media because their input like counts down people pay attention and they yeah. listen to it and, and it, all the it, movies that have come out and it moves and the moves the needle on sales yeah. so, so it's balance a, yeah there's a uh, there was a group and I think I heard that it's since disbanded called Pursuit of Balance it was a whole yeah. it was a whole movement of mostly Pinot and Chard producers really? who were you know dead set on promoting their style which were mostly you know sub 14 percent alcohol lighter more elegant style uh, pinots and um it was it got big it, it sort of it changed changed you know winemaking because it really people were like wow. um, is that why i feel like pinot noir has been a lot more popular lately and i didn't know if it was because more of like 
Washington State and Oregon have become more popular or mm. because Pinot is just more popular? I like Pinot, I, but I, I guess I didn't come to my attention until, like, more recently, you know what I'm saying? Um, people love Pinot. I mean, yeah. that's sort of what, I, I mean, it's just, I think that we have a, in the United States, have a pretty good, we're a pretty good place to grow Pinot, so we do mm-hmm. it pretty, pretty well, um, and there's a lot of suitable land for yeah. it that works mm-hmm. for it, and people like it. Um, that's kind of, I mean. I'm iffy on the Pinot. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I'm a I mean, fan too. It's not, it's not my personal like, favorite varietal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, sometimes I'm in the mood for them. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there's a mood for it. You're yeah, right. I don't really. But I, but I know other people who are always in the mood for Pinot. No, either. I'm not always in the mood for it, but I yeah. definitely think there is the right yeah. time where you're like, a Pinot sounds good versus like it's a darker a, yeah, it's blend. Good with, it's good with food. I mean, I don't really have a real answer for that. It's just, I think we. I think, sometimes I think, I think it's the, too thin. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You have to be in the mood. A well done Pinot is really good, but I, I, I'm just saying. I feel like there's been like a trend. Yeah, it's just it's, it's. I don't really have a good answer for that. Like, I mean, <laughs> at least I don't think. I mean, it's it's popular. People really really people love like it. it. Yeah, and it's because uh, a lot of people are more adverse to tannins. Um, oh, like yeah. some people just like don't yeah. don't love it. It's very fruity and, and it's. Uh, it's good with food too. I mean, just like, there's no doubt about that. Pinot with food is, it's good. It and is I think good. all wine with food is good. Pretty much. Yeah, I'm it trying to think if there's like a any wine, wine with food. food. But I'd say Pinot is probably one of those where it's like a transitional wine for like white wine drinkers or like rose drinkers yes. to like migrate into the red territory. I think we don't need help with that, but no. yeah, yeah. So as we like. Wine down. Wine down. Wine. What? Wine, wine, down. wine down. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about Milwaukee? Or Wisconsin. Or Wisconsin. Since we're here and you have chosen to... The helicopters? <laughs> Sirens? Sirens and helicopters? <laughs> I come down by my apartment, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, favorite thing about Milwaukee? It, it's, it's flavor for the podcast, for our listeners. <laughs> um, this is sort of... A, totally generic answer but I love the Milwaukee street block parties and festivals I that's totally, not a generic yeah. answer I oh. absolutely do you have a favorite Brooke and I go to so many of them uh, I love Locust Street Days which is coming up I actually think this weekend um, oh really shoot I mean I love that I like uh, do you like cheese I do like cheese <laughs> I mean <laughs> well, it's like the, yeah that's a Wisconsin Listen, me question me not being from Wisconsin yeah, I, I do, like, yeah. That that's like I do totally like cheese I don't, I don't wear my cheese loving on my sleeve right <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely started eating more cheese yeah. since I've been here for sure you 100% can't help it. yeah you can't um, so that's my favorite thing about Milwaukee but Wisconsin I love fall yeah mm. which is whole being in California during harvest is kind yeah, of yeah. I was going to say, but uh, oh, I do. I love apple orchards and all. I love Wisconsin stuff. fall. Well, you get the colors. I like the Apostolions. I like Lake Superior. Yeah, I mean, since you're a one man shop, like how often do you do leisurely, leisurely things? <laughs> like, do you take vacations? Do you? Uh, most of my vacations it seem to be in California recently. Interesting. But, uh, worst places you could go. There are no, worse places. But we, uh, yeah, we do. I mean, we 
Okay. Brooke and I, we like to get out and do stuff. Yeah. But, uh, um, we're going to uh, Portland in a few weeks. All right. Nice. Are you gonna? Are you, so are you gonna visit the wineries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love wine. I mean, yeah. it's like it's what I do, but it's also yeah. what I want to do. And yeah. I haven't been up to the Willamette Valley in quite some time. And, yeah. Um, so for sure, we'll visit wineries. And we just have a wedding in Hawaii this year. That so is normally, not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But normally we, you know, go somewhere warm, like during the cold time. Yeah. And this year we're like, eh, we're going, you know, somewhere warm later. And like in actually end of August, we're like. Oh my gosh. Wait, yeah. so then. So the wedding's in Hawaii. Right when you have to go. August. Yeah, it's right. I've been watching the weather. Unfortunately, the, uh, everything looks like it's a little bit later than. That can oh, change okay. very rapidly. Sure. But everything's looking like it's a little bit later than it has been in the last few years. So. I think I might still be good for a uh, last week of August wedding in Hawaii. So. Okay. Oh, wow. You won't have to, like, fly there from here and then just, like, stay well, in California. Well, thankfully, it's not as far We're actually, from we'll California. We'll be in California. Oh, then. you will. So okay. we're just flying from San Francisco. Yeah, that's nice. a much shorter nice. trip. And cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, any last comments you'd like to tell our listeners or us? This has been not, awesome. Not really. I really uh, enjoyed the uh, conversation and yeah. the format. And, you know, you guys held your drunk bitch shit together. We <laughs> <laughs> it weren't so bad. So that was good. I, uh, it's, I appreciate th- it. This has been really fun. Oh, and yeah. it's been great to sort of be in, not sort of, but like be in this space and, you know, yeah. see everything that that you have to do. It, I, this is our first live interview. Now yeah. we're, we're going to barrel taste. Now we're going to yeah, yeah, Sorry, guys. We'll, you can't partake. We'll, we'll, we'll take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Casey, thank for sharing well, you you with for, us uh, and our listeners. And yeah, we're excited to be uh, in the same city as you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'll hit you up about Napa recommendations. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers, bitches. <laughs>